Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Interesting uh, aspect of uh, the city hall meeting the other day. Now, some months ago, we told you about the uh, concern in many circles in this community about uh, the United Way and the donations. And a lot of agencies in this community that were relying on uh, the United Way didn't get as much money as they thought. Some of them didn't get any money. And uh, some city councillors were upset about that. Well, they tried to deal with it yesterday. Uh, and now the city seems to be closer to actually yanking money that they usually donate to the United Way and encouraging city workers to give to an in-house fund instead. Uh, this uh, obviously is uh, bad news for the United Way, but it's raising a lot of questions about the fund itself and how it's going to be allocated. I want to bring Lloyd Ferguson into the uh, discussion here, the city councilor for Ward 12, Ancaster, of course, as he joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show. Lloyd, thank you for the time. Uh, you were at the meeting yesterday. Uh, give me a read on, on exactly what was being proposed and your thoughts on it. Well, there's a report per, uh, prepared. It was the Auto Finance Administration Committee. There's a report prepared by staff as requested last April when the Grants Committee submitted its, app, or its recommendations to the committee and uh, and the whole issue about the cutbacks that we uh, uh, encountered in our communities from uh, the, the reduction in donations from the United Way. And, of course, United Way is a, a very responsible, large organization. They've invested uh, about $30 million over the last decade into various agencies that needed help uh, over the last 10 years. But like most organizations, uh, they're going through difficult times and being able to meet their targets. And uh, so they amalgamated uh, with uh, four of them joined into one in, in 2017. And uh, in 2018, they launched a new programs of what they would support. And at the end of the day, uh, there was 19 agencies that had their fundings eliminated, five funds reduced, eight returning agencies and with new programs had their funding reduced for a total reduction in Hamilton of $676,000. So what happened was the, the agencies, the community services in particular, that uh, depend on helping um, the more marginalized in our community were caught flat-footed. They were... Um, Quite frankly, uh, the quotes that we got from them is that they were broadsided on this news. They found out in uh, March or April when they're already underway with their programs. And so there was a total of six agencies that came to the city looking for us to help because they were going to have to shut down or severely reduce the help that they provided. And these are agencies, and I'll use Ancaster Community Services as an example because I'm very close to them. These agencies that do the Meals and Wheels program for the disabled and for the elderly, youth employment services to help youth find jobs within our communities, and driving um, people who are frail to medical appointments. And uh, so they're, they're principally volunteers that do all this work, but they have small staff to coordinate it all. I believe Ancaster Community Services has three, that, uh, three or four, because uh, they also have some students come in the summertime to run programs like uh, the babysitting courses to uh, teach children how to look after uh, young children. Yeah, they, these are all very worthwhile programs. Oh, they're, and, they're incredibly worthwhile. And, and that's why they were worthy, of course, of United Way funding. And, and we had Mr. Park on from the United Way when this whole thing hit the fan uh, some months ago. Yeah, and, and he explained at that time that, look, at, they just don't have the money. And, and it's part of their campaign every year that, look, at, if you know the, the money stays in this community, but if the money doesn't come in, they can't distribute it. So, And it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle that started here because of this. And you're absolutely right. Uh, everybody that's in, in the fundraising business right now is hard-pressed right now because uh, money seems to be on short supply. Well, there's so much competition. 
But here's here's the concern, and and I, I want. Uh, this I, I understand what Councilor Brenda Johnson was trying to do here, and uh, because when these groups came to the city, uh, as you say, you had to dip into something called the Community Enrichment Fund, right. uh, which is, for all intents and purposes, uh, it's it's a reserve fund, isn't it? Well, no, it's it's replenished every year through our operating budget, and it helps another number of agencies, whether it's for festivals in our community, whether it's for sports teams, or whether it's for people who are trying to help the marginalized in our community. It's it's a it's a big chunk of cash, and uh, there's hundreds of applications for it. Staff review them, score them, rate them on on their their worthiness uh, using city policy, and then it comes to what's called the grants committee for approval on that. And so these six agencies, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just list them off if you like: Catholic Family Services, Dundas Community Services, Glenbrook Community Services, Multiple Sclerosis Society of Canada, St. Matthew's House, and the YWCA. We, uh, on a one-time basis, uh, replaced the funding that they lost from United Way to the amount of $140,000. And, and so that got them through 2018, uh, got them the same amount they got the previous year from United Way. Okay, so what's the plan for 2019, then? Well, Just simply dip into the fund for the same amount of money? The fund's out of money now. It's, it's, uh, our reserve fund was used up to pay this $140,000. So that was why... We asked for the staff report, which came back yesterday, and um, and so it was an information report um, on how much the funding was cut back. And you heard me say earlier it was six hundred thousand dollars in Hamilton, one hundred forty that was from these six agencies that I just listed off, and and we've made it clear to all those agencies this was a one-time uh, assistance to get through the year, and and so uh, you know Brenda put forward a motion that um, in. The city supports United Way, or I should say the city, the city employees support the United Way pretty significantly. Yeah, it's, pay, it's payroll deduction. That's been going on for years. Well, it's payroll deductions, plus, you know, last year I participated in a competition as chair of public works. I joined the public works team to pull the bus down Main Street as a fundraiser. And everybody got sponsorships of what a group would win, and that was put into it also. So there's payroll deductions, and there's events that are put on by the employees in order to raise money for the United Way. So Brenda can with a suggestion yesterday in the motion that we asked the staff to redirect that internally to help these six agencies we helped in the past. That did not get support from the committee. Um, I, I don't think we should have a walk-on, but this is my own personal feelings now. I don't think we should have a walk-on motion uh, uh, to deal with this matter. It needs to be a notice of motion so we can think it through, ask questions, and, and debate it later. And also, uh, you know, once again, circle back with the United Way, because they do good work in our community. Well, the, and there, therein lies the problem. There's two things that are I, I'm concerned about when I saw this story, Lloyd. Uh, one is the fact that uh, if it, it, essentially what Councillor Johnson's motion is suggesting is you simply cut off the United Way. In other words, there will be no more payment reduction from unless people want to do on city staff voluntarily. Uh, there's still a lot of agencies in this in this community right now that are still receiving United Way assistance. What happens to them? Well, in addition to that, we that, can't. That's tell cutting our off your nose to spite your face, isn't it? We can't tell our employees where to donate. Well, exactly. Their money. That's they, the other they, element. They have to decide that, and and so it, first of all, you're right. The United Way does a lot of other things in our community, and work very hard to do it. Plus, we can't direct our employees where to donate their charity money, and and so the motion was uh, withdrawn eventually. And it was referred back to staff to bring it back to the new council. Because you're right, what happens in 2019? we still got to deal with this? And so we asked staff, circle back again with United Way. Are they going to be able to help these six agencies out this year? 
If not, what's the plan moving forward? So that'll be one of the first items on the agenda for the Grants Committee in the new council when it's reformed in December. The other element to this is is you don't know what's going to happen with the United Way campaign. Uh, if you know they, if, if they're in a similar situation as they were this year, you might even have more agencies coming forward and saying, "Look, did you help these guys out last year? You got to come and help us out now too." I mean, you're setting setting. I, I think a dangerous precedent, and that's that's not a, 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 to try to be smirch any of the work that they do because these are all very worthy organizations. I get that. But you, you, as you, as a city council, Lloyd, you understand you can't fu- you can't fund all of them. That's all there is to it. No question. And we've had that exact same discussion that you just raised. Are we setting a dangerous precedent? Is there going to be a hundred in next year? And so that's why we made it very clear for these six that are helping the most marginalized, particularly the elderly and or the shut-in, and and particularly these groups that runs almost exclusively on volunteers, a little bit of staff. Uh, you know, we we can't open up Pandora's box. So that's what we're trying to wrestle with. That's why the, the staff report came back to us yesterday as an information report only. That's why the motion was triggered by the chair of the Grants Committee, Brenda Johnson. But the rest of the committee said that we are uncomfortable because United Way still does great work in our community, and we can't tell our employees what to do. So we sent it back to staff to get us some more information, come up with some other suggestions, and report back to the new council. How do you... Uh make this this uh, this fund whole again, this enrichment fund? Well, the only way we can do that is by uh, having an enhancement to the operating budget. So that's going to be a budget item, too, then? Absolutely. But, I mean, you could just as easily drain it in, in the space of about two days, I guess, if you get more applications for it next year. Don't know. Don't know what the request is going to be. Keep in mind, we have hundreds of other groups that, on a regular basis, you know, The Supercrawl, for example, they they get a significant donation from the city's enrichment fund because of what they do for our community. You know, Peach Festival. And so all these festivals, plus the sports teams, particularly those for children, they they apply for grants. And and, and so we'll be dealing with all that. There's hundreds and hundreds of them that we deal with, but there's a very defined process that they must go through. The applications have to be in by the end of October. Staff score them. If you score less than 50, you're eliminated. If you score over 60, you're cut back. If you're new, you only get five, you know, half of what you asked for, providing it's approved. And these are just criteria off the top of my head, Bill. There's a number of criteria, and then it's brought to the Grants Committee for debate, amendments, discussion. Then it goes on to the Audit Administration Committee, debated, discussed, and amended. Then it goes on to Council for final approval. So there's lots of gates that these applicants have to go through in order to get approval. Yeah, I, I sat on the Grants Committee once uh, for a whole session there on City Council back in the day, and, and it's it's staff-driven. I want people to understand that, because some people are going to suggest that this is all political and they, you know, they've all got their favorite projects. Uh, uh, the staff do all the heavy lifting into the evaluation on this, and then it's discussed at the committee level, and of course, ultimately with council. So I, I'm comfortable with that process. Uh, I, I was just very, very concerned about this idea that city staff are now going to be asked to make donations to this fund, and and that's not really what the fund was for, and that's not really how it should be funded. And that's uh, not what was approved yesterday. Yeah, and so and you, I, you've done the right thing here. I mean, that's this is the right thing to do. But you've got a big problem going forward in 2019 as to how you're going to handle this problem. we got tons of problems in 2019 <laughs> going forward. This is just another one on the list. And, uh, you know, we talk about all our different issues regularly on your show, Bill. And, and uh, you know, there's this whole issue of public safety and do we need more police officers and the number of shootings and... You know, what's the cannabis legislation going to do to our city? And what's going to be the strain on our, our system with that? So there's lots of is- interesting issues and difficult issues that the new council is going to have to deal with. Tomorrow well, is our last council meeting. 
we're finished as of tomorrow. And then the campaign's in full swing, the election October 22nd, orientation on November 20th, and then sworn in on December the 3rd, then we're back in business. And starting the budget for 2019, I would assume, as soon as you got, as soon as these people are sworn in again. We'll be into the operating budget the same week as, uh, as the swearing in. But you're, you're feeling the same pressure that the, the Grants Committee feels, and frankly, that the United Way feels every year. Absolutely. Uh, with Absolutely. all the agencies. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of people knocking on their door, too, and there's just no money in the cupboard this time around. And I, I feel for them, too. And I, I share the concern that a lot of people had about the amalgamation of all the United Ways into this big you know, organization. And, and some are suggesting, well, you know, you've lost the local flavor to it. And that's, that's something they're going to have to deal with. And I'm not so sure they've done as, as good a PR job as they could have to, to try to sell this transition to the people in the community. And that may well have been a factor in the fact that donations were down this year. Yeah, and, of course, there's a bigger demand for uh, social services in Hamilton than there is in Burlington because we have the, the various agencies to deal with those. But um, I'm not sure, uh, but I, I suspect the United Way now they have these this amalgamation of four, that the money gets allocated back to where it came in. and, and it's, it's supposed to be. That's always been their mantra. I know, but, you know, uh, Burlington and Oakville don't have the same demand for social services that Hamilton does because, you know, people in need don't go to Simcoe or, or um, Milton or uh, for near to the extent that they go to large urban centers like Hamilton, Toronto, and Ottawa. You know, part of the solution could well be, I mean, you know, the, the wards one through eight still get a million dollars each to kick around. And uh, if there are agencies that are in need, I mean, that's a discussion that those people are going to have to have. Well, you're talking about... You don't have that issues. luxury that's in Ancaster. That's going to be a monstrous issue, uh, the whole area rating issue and uh, eliminating the area rating of transit, which means everybody in the suburbs will pay the same as the people in the city. And uh, even though we don't have anywhere near the service levels and uh, it's both... $15 million a year to get the same level of service, which is unaffordable. And, and of course, if, if, if the city guys are going to put that on us, we're going to push back and say, hey, that, that $1.5 million each one of you awards one through eight get for infrastructure, maybe that needs to be shared equally around the whole city, too, not just awards one through eight. That is going to be a very difficult, uh, very divisive issue uh, early when we get back in 2019. Well, I was never in favor of the whole concept, and, and I know it was trying. It was an attempt to be a compromise, but uh, it's a slush fund. And I know the councillors and wards one through eight don't like me using that phrase, but I mean that's what it's been used as. And and I've listen. The sooner you can get rid of that, the better. But again, that's a debate that we'll have after the election, I guess. You got that right, Lloyd. Thanks so much for the time. As always, appreciate it. Anytime, Bill. That's uh, Ancaster Councillor Lloyd Ferguson. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.